take our lives and let them be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Amen. So there's at least 16 people at All Saints who I am amazed are still talking to me. Yes, only 16. It's quite remarkable. There are two groups of eight, each taking the form of search committees who are working hard with me as we bring to our current searches, two of our current searches, into the home stretch, discerning whom God might be calling to be our next music director and our new director of digital communications, respectively. The first group, which has had to contend with sifting through the applications of 60 wonderfully gifted musicians, has given up three Saturdays in quick succession to the vagaries of Skype, Zoom, and Google Hangout in order to video chat with our top 11 candidates. Even with an amazing 48th floor view of downtown Atlanta and Chick-fil-A chicken and biscuits for breakfast, that was a big ask. At least I thought so, until the Digital Communications Search Committee discovered that they had a full 156 candidates to wade through. Agreeing to interview eight of the top nine in one go during a single weekday evening. I was truly amazed that at the end, at nearly 10 p.m. at night, folks were still smiling, which either meant that they were delirious or that they were genuinely happy to have shared the experience. I'd like to think that it was the former. And I must say that although all of this has taken a great deal of time, I have found working with these groups of parishioners to be a rich blessing. The first reason for this sense of having been blessed by this experience is a reason that I have found to be true in this parish as a whole, because I've yet to gather with any group of people in my 14 or so months here at All Saints and not have been awed at the depth of insight and strength of commitment present in the room. One of the music director candidates told me on the phone following his interview how impressed he was with how confident All Saints parishioners are in speaking their minds. I said something like, tell me about it. (laughs) And encouraged him to get used to it should he get the job. With sincerity, it is a gift to be among people who truly love their church the way that you do. The other reason why I felt blessed is because we've gone through this process of discerning other people's calls, whether they might serve here in this church. And in doing so, the search committee members and I have had the privilege to answer out loud among one another those big searching questions about what it means to be all saints what it is that lies at the heart of our story as a community of faith. Or put another way, it has shown me that when you're in need of telling someone new that this, what this large and rather complex church is at its core, you end up getting to what really matters. I wonder if you have asked yourself that question lately. What really matters to you? about this church, and the deeper question that succeeds it that asks what it really means to you to be a faithful follower 
of Jesus Christ. It's a question very clearly at the heart of the story of the rich young man and Jesus as we meet them in our gospel reading this morning. As far as the young man is concerned, he has seemingly done everything that an observant Jew might be expected to do. He knows the law, and he has followed it, not just in recent times, but apparently throughout the span of his young adult life. He has not murdered. He's not committed adultery, nor stolen, nor lied, nor defrauded anyone. He has honored his father and mother. Yet his question of Jesus is not actually, how can I be a faithful follower? It is, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Not necessarily asking the same thing. For me, the beauty of this passage is that we cannot be sure that Jesus actually answers his question. Does his reply intend to offer instruction to the young man as to the way to eternal life? Or is it more a redirection, offering without saying so explicitly that the more pressing matter is not the life to come, but the one he is living right now? What is clear is that for Jesus, whether eternity is at stake or not is not really the point. What is the point in Jesus' response is the straightforward and honest answer as to what most stands in the way of that young man leading the life he is called to lead. For him, it is his possessions. For others, right here in this church today, it will be our all-too-consuming careers or our addictions or our propensity to anger or judgment or our failure to forgive. The point is that for each of us, the challenge before us, the obstruction on our way as followers on the path we are called to travel on will be uniquely ours. No law in general, no prescription at large will be able to get to the heart of where we need to hear truth spoken into our lives. For whatever it might be for each of us in Jesus, you, I, as with the rich young man, encounter our honesty. Just imagine if this church were the place in your life that enabled you to receive such honesty. What would you hear Jesus say? And what steps ahead in your life would you offer in reply? Honesty isn't easy. In fact, we do all that we can to avoid such real relationship and true dialogue. Yet the gift of church is that you don't have to work out your answers to such questions on your own or in any one way. One of the things that I love about this church is the rich variety of ways that we imagine what it might look like to follow Jesus. And so what it might look like for each of us to name our truth to one another in doing so. This afternoon... We will follow Jesus onto the streets of this city with several thousand other people. 
marching with pride for all of the colors of God's rainbow, celebrating that glorious polyphony we call human sexuality, a mystery we are still discovering new words to articulate the length and breadth of. At other times, we will follow Jesus by offering our talent and love to refugee communities in Clarkston, or by making and sharing a meal with the men at Covenant Community, or by volunteering at Threads, or by joining others to question and learn from one another's interpretations of Scripture or of a novel, or by going on deep and powerful journeys of transformation through EFM or on pilgrimage. And what's more, because we know that in the end, ours is a path on its way to a wonder, to the luminous, to a mystery that will always be beyond our grasping, none of us gets to say what counts, what is legitimate or not. Only Jesus gets to call that question. Yet we do get to offer to one another the gift of encouragement to be real with one another, to challenge one another to move more closely to the heart of what truly does matter. So, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, if you have been blessed as I have to share a rich conversation about your faith around a table of fellowship or through a ministry of this church, then I encourage you to continue to be challenged by this, your church community. Whether you are many years established here or brand new, I invite you to grow deeper into the ways by which you will love more like Jesus and have your heart opened up to the breadth of human life this world contains and that is sitting right next to you now. I encourage you not to stop asking after what really matters. Don't sit back when life calls you to step forward. Your Savior calls you to journey on and be alive with the mystery of God.